Thanks for checking out this episode of Forgotten Lakers. Uh, this is an episode where we talked to former Laker Josh Powell. First off, I just want to say both Josh and his management team were incredibly nice and flexible in trying to find a time where I could get a chance to talk to him when they didn't have to be at all. He's currently playing in South Korea. His season's just starting up and his schedule is all over the place, but they worked really hard and were very helpful trying to get me in touch with him, and it ended up working out. Secondly, we use an international phone line since he's in South Korea, so the audio is not the greatest. Uh, I'm well aware of that, and you'll be well aware of that as soon as the episode starts. And also, um, I missed the first few minutes of our recording. I stupidly forgot to press record, so we missed some questions when Josh talked about playing at NC State and um, leaving early to try to play overseas before eventually coming to the NBA. So we get started right, the recording starts right as we're talking about his NBA career. I just want to throw that in there. Thanks again for listening, and here's the episode with Josh Powell. So then moving on to your NBA career, your first stop was with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, you know, I'm born and raised in Dallas. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So definitely remember your stay here. And um, one question I wanted to ask was, you know, or I actually just wanted to tell you, you have no idea how much people here still talk about the 2006 NBA Finals with Miami, even after the Mavericks. Man, it, <laughs> Go ahead. You know, it's, it's so crazy because – to know to know that you have because that that should have been the first ring and the third all together but to know that you have like they had no shot you know what i mean being up uh 2-0 you know big wins in both of those and then being yeah. up 15 with three minutes and something to go in game three yeah. just to see how quick that momentum changed i already had a flu shot dog I already had the flu shot. Y'all gave me the flu shot when I first got here. I got to finish my phone call, brother. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's no, all good. You know, a couple of the guys, we still talk about that to this day, man, because, you know, it was – I'll put it to you like this. It was interesting because um, remember the year that Golden State lost and the controversy behind everything that transpired in those finals. Yeah. And – I don't know if you remember, D. Wade actually posted a post during that finals, and he said it's interesting because this kind of reminds me of the 2005-2006 season. Oh, did he? he? played the Mavericks in the finals. Yeah. 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 He put that – I don't know if you can find it because, you know, that was a couple of years ago, but yeah. he posted that a while ago just talking about the controversy and how people – you know, because that was one of the most controversial finals too. Oh, for sure. I and mean, I you guys- honestly – guys kind of guard way yeah. to the foul line <laughs> that was just uh like, every that time. was yeah. you know I, I don't i don't i know there's a time and place for a certain certain conversation so i hopefully maybe we can catch up about that one at another time but okay. it's, uh, it's definitely interesting that you brought that up because it's like that was supposed to, there was just no way we didn't we're not supposed to be we weren't supposed to be celebrating that summer you know what i mean yeah and, i think in uh um, in the annals of NBA history, at some point, that championship for Miami might have an asterisk by it. That, that, yeah, that one hurt, man. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, at the time it didn't help because I know, you know, Mark Cuban was, and Mark's a great guy and a great owner. And uh, I know he was already playing and he was doing a lot of talking and already planning parades. And, you know, it was just a lot that went into that that, that maybe could have changed the momentum of, of what went on, man. But um, that, 
the one thing I will say is that that time there with that team, and um, you know, that's still a brotherhood. You know, a lot of those guys I still talk to to this day. Um, mm-hmm. That was an amazing time for me. It helped me grow a lot as a man, as a player, because you know, a lot of those veterans. You got Dirk, you got Stackhouse, Daryl Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a it was just a great group of guys, man, and uh, you know I'm definitely grateful for for those times in Dallas. Well, yeah, it's definitely an interesting time for the Mavs. Moving, on, I'll skip over your Pacers stop, and we really wanted to talk about your stint with the Warriors the next season, the 2006-2007 NBA season. So, mm-hmm. what, was that, what was that like? You know, so your the team goes on a late run to make the playoffs, and you find out you're facing your former team, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the Warriors had you know more or less dominated the Mavericks in regular season play the few years leading up to that and could you sense like a lot of confidence from Baron Davis, Steven Jackson, Jason Richardson that you know you guys would be able to take on Dallas and perhaps surprise a lot of people? I mean it was the it was the entire team honestly Um, you know it's just matchup wise you know our style of play the momentum that we had going into the playoffs because we we won like 20 something game like it was something crazy how we finished the season like the 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 type of streak we went on out of the last you know 20 something 30 games and um you know guys were just they just had this chip on their shoulder on their shoulders like you know we want to shock the world and and dallas at that time had an amazing season as well i mean they won 67 games that year they were they were yeah they were rolling i mean dirt was being dirt obviously you know their supporting cast was just unbelievable um, so they were playing at a high level, um, but we we were just you know really excited about the opportunity and we believed in ourselves and we were just you know ready to to take them on head on. Um, yeah, so I, like I said, I'm from Dallas and um, actually grew up a huge Lakers fan. So that's the reason for this Lakers podcast. But you know, all my friends were Mavs fans, so I vividly remember their you know shock and disappointment, and they just couldn't get over that such a great, probably the greatest season in franchise history up to that point had ended, you know, in a first or, or a first seed, eight seed matchup like that, where they just were completely dominated. One more question about that. Like I mentioned, you were going up against your former team. So when you all, when you get, when you're still in touch with those guys, you know, about the 2006 finals, do you give them a little bit, a little bit of crap about the 2007 playoffs? No, to, to be honest, I haven't like, I think if any time that we do bring up something, it's always the finals more than that. Oh, really? That's fine. That's fine. That's final. That's final. Stone. You know what I mean? Like that's final. Cause you got to think what we went through to get to that point. I mean, we went through, you know, a tough Memphis team, but I mean, we, we, we took care of business in the first round. We had a crazy second round, you know, with the Spurs, with the Spurs. and you know, that was just an unbelievable series in itself. You know, you look at that, that's, that's kind of like our finals right there because of how hard that series was. Yeah. And then we played against, um, what was it, Phoenix? Yeah, it was Phoenix, yep. I believe, yeah, we played against Phoenix, and uh, that was still, you know, that's still a machine right there mm-hmm. um, with those guys in that brand of basketball. And matchup-wise, we just, we just knew what we could do against Miami, and I think that we showed that in the first two, two and a half, yeah. two and a half games. And it, it just shows how quickly, man, that mo- when momentum switches, man, and it, it's just tough to get to get back. So, you know, it's just whenever those conversations come up, it's definitely more so probably the finals than I would think than the one versus eight. And, yeah. I, and I think, too, um, I don't know if you remember, but 
Remember when, when going into, just to touch on the one versus eight, remember going into the playoffs. I think we played Dallas the last game. Yeah, the they sat season, everybody. And they sat everybody, and we drugged them. Yeah, I definitely remember that. That probably, that probably wasn't the best thing. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of like a ridiculous momentum to give yeah. us going into the playoffs, I would think. You know what I mean? So. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes sense. So then um, you spend your next three seasons in L.A., one with the Clippers, two with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. For, you know, my Laker fandom, I'll skip the Laker or skip the Clipper part and go to your two years with the Lakers. So uh, what was that first Phil Jackson training camp like where, you know, you're going to a new team that's coming off an NBA Finals loss to the Celtics, but you got, you know, Kobe Bryant, Derek Fisher, Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, Lamar Odom, um, you know, they're getting a tre- healthy Trevor Ariza, Trevor Ariza back. What was that first training camp like for you? I mean, honestly, when I uh, – just before training camp, we was already working together as a team, you know, when you got all the guys signed and, and everybody we, – we had already started doing, like, early on workouts and just coming in and doing some stuff. You can just already sense that that chip was on everybody's shoulder, you mm-hmm. know. I, I could understand it because – I had lost, you know, with that team when in Dallas when we had lost. So I understand what that feels like, you know what I mean, to get to that point. Um, obviously, it was a lot different because of the rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, too, you know, with these Hall of, Hall of Fame coach, you got Hall of Fame players on this team, you know, the way that they, that they operate was just totally different, you know what I mean, and the amount of focus. Um, and the attention to detail as once we got started day one was just on a whole nother level because you, you had to be on top of yourself and know what was going on and you will get left behind. So we came in with an unbelievable focus, like from the jump. Yeah. you got off to a great start that year mm-hmm. in the playoffs that year. So I'm trying to remember for Utah in the first round, get through them, I think in five. And then you had that seven game series with Houston, which kind of, I think most people were thinking Lakers are going to sweep Lakers in five. What was it that took, that made the Rockets able to take you guys to seven games, even after they lost Yao Ming to injury? Well, I think that that was a big reason. Cause you know, when you plan for something and the way that they play with Yao versus the way that they play without Yao is two different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, think about what uh, the Celtics did to Cleveland with no Isaiah. Sure. You, know, you kind of look at certain things when you're able to game plan with certain individuals and you know what you're doing, you know, especially when they got the ball in their hand. When Yao went out and it was the Aaron Brooks show. Oh, Aaron Brooks. Yeah, whole, I forgot all about that. Yeah, it was, it was a whole different, uh, it was a whole different, uh, a whole different style of play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just the, just the way that they ran the court, just the way that, you know, they were doing things. And then, you know, defensively they played us stuff. They were undersized. You know, they had Chuck Hayes who was, you know, extremely good defender and, you know, the things that he did given, you know, our biggest problems. And I mean, they just, they just made it really tough for us. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. so, sometimes you need stuff like that to be able to, you know, move forward. Cause everything is not going to always be, you know, easy. And you, you know, that's the one thing that, that you learn in any situation. Cause at the end of the day, a, a win is a win, no matter how pretty or ugly it is. And, you know, we were able to find a way to get it done. Yeah, for sure. Then, um, you guys move on to the conference finals versus Denver, which I'll be honest, like I'm a huge Lakers fan, and I was nervous going into that series just because Denver was on fire. 
And it just seemed like they were all peaking at the exact right time with Carmelo, Chauncey Billups, you know, Chris Anderson was dunking everything. J.R. Smith was on fire. Was that your toughest playoff matchup that year? Even more so than the seven game that's a, that's a fact. Because the thing about Houston was, you know how in some situations you just you just like, all right, no matter how ugly, we have a better team. You know, we've been here before. We'll figure out a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, that Nuggets team, I mean, they got veterans. They got talent. They were definitely playing and peaking at the right time. And they were playing some great ball. And I mean, look at that first game and how different that could have been. That was just a play away. Yeah, that Trevor Ariza so, deal. You know, mm-hmm. And, and that's just a play away from being a whole different situation. So that's that's how crazy the playoffs can go. And that was just a tough series. That was a really tough series. Yeah, I mean, even I remember game five was fairly close. And then you all were able to pull away late third quarter, early fourth quarter. But I'll tell you, I was definitely nervous. And then the NBA Finals that year, your guys facing Orlando with Dwight Howard, Hito Turkoglu, Rashard Lewis. You know, from an entertainment standpoint, at least from, you know, my personal opinion, it, was, it just seemed like y'all were going to steamroll them, and in many ways you did. But um, one question I wanted to ask about, could you get a sense from, you know, we haven't really talked about him yet, but from Kobe, that, you know, winning that title was just like a tremendous weight lifted off his shoulders that he finally – was able to kind of break through without Shaquille O'Neal on the roster, or was that even something that y'all talked about or that he talked about? How did that work out? Uh, I didn't hear about it, but you know, obviously, once he got on on, on the platform to, to discuss it, he let it be known. You know what yeah. I mean? That's something that we, you know, that was never brought up in the locker room. I don't really remember speaking on it, but I guess from knowing the history and understanding the situation, that you can sense you know, how he was feeling and how important that one, that one was to him, you know, to be able to, to, to achieve that. So, um, you know, he definitely didn't shy away or, or waste any time, you know, once, once everything was final by speaking his piece on it. Yeah. So you know, continuing on with Kobe a little bit, I was actually talking with Dave McMenamin either yesterday or the day before I, I taught, I was, you know, we were messaging back and forth mostly just about this podcast and I told him I was trying to get you on and he said like you were his guy. And um, and yeah, I, yeah, I just talked to Dave, as a matter of fact. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I just talked to him uh, the two or three days ago. Dave actually did an amazing piece on me that was like front page of the L.A. Uh, papers. Um, he did like a big spread on me. Uh, yeah, that was, was going to ask you about time that. With the Lakers, yeah. yeah, your time with the Lakers and uh, your relationship with Kobe, which is, if it's okay with you, I wanted to ask you a question about um, – and it basically just described how you were one of the closest members to closest members of the team to Kobe. How did y'all develop that relationship and to where y'all became, you know, really good friends? You know, however, y'all were able to develop such a close relationship. How did that come about? Um, I just, I just think that um, we, we shared that work ethic, you know, that, that grit, just, just whatever it took, you know, going hard, giving everything that you got is something that you love. You know, I think that he saw that in me. You know, obviously the, the skill set is different. And, um, but, you know, I, I believe in myself and, and what I can bring to the table. I'm not no Kobe Bryant, you know, nor am I comparing myself to him. But from a heart standpoint, from a, you know, work ethic standpoint and what I've given to this game, I think that that's where we shared that respect for one another and why uh, we were able to get to that point of, of you know, in our relationship, because he knew, 
you know, me personally, I wasn't scared. You know, I would, I would guard anybody. It didn't matter what the moment was or, you know, when it came to anything, you know what I mean? And, and I think that that's what he respected about me or, or any of the other teammates that he's had, you know, during the years. I think that when he's developed some closer than others, I think that there's just certain things that he might see in, in certain guys that, that he gravitates towards. Did you go to his last game? I was. I was actually in season uh, in, when was that? Uh, was it last year? No, it wasn't last uh, year. It was two years ago. 2016. Was I? Yes, I was. I was in Puerto Rico, I believe. Um, and I wanted to, and I could have, because I actually got the email, um, but I was just, you know, working at the time, so I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was something. Um, brought a tear to my eye, not going to lie, that last game. That was pretty cool. No, um, it should have, but that's, that's him in his fashion. And I think he, I think all, I don't think we'll ever see anybody have a final game like that, ever. Yeah, I can't imagine. That was like, yeah, that was like unbelievable. Yeah, it's like out of a movie or something. That's that, like, and, but that's him though. You know what I mean? Like to be down and to will your team single-handedly, your final game, everybody's in the building. On top of the fact that Golden State was, you know, it was just too. It was just so much going on at that time, man. And, and he just showed up. Um. So then that next year with LA, 2009, 2010, you're obviously coming off the 2009 title. You know, great overall season. Not as great as the 2009, just in terms of a win-loss record. But you guys were playing well going to the playoffs. But then first round of matchup with Oklahoma. And actually, you know, the only Laker playoff game I've ever been to was game four of that series. Stayed online all night, trying to get tickets, got them. Drove the four hours from Dallas to root y'all on. And you guys, uh, I remember Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook just kind of went off. And I don't even remember what the final score was. I think it was they might have won by like 25 or 30 points. But was that a series that, you know, you guys were ever like, man, because this is a tough matchup. Because then y'all blew them out in game five. But then – Game six came down to the wire. Was that something y'all were – I don't even know how to describe this, but you know, a series that you thought might give you a little bit of trouble? I mean, I think we knew that going into it. But but here, again, is another, you know, example of, you know, experience and just being in so many different situations. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how the playoffs is. And that's one thing that, you know, being on that Laker team for those two years, the amount of confidence that we had in every night walking into any building – just believing in the guys that were beside you. You know, we just knew what we could do no matter what was going on or no matter what was against us. So, you know, I understand that, you know, we we got blown out that game, but it's crazy because I'll never forget the words that Kobe Bean, Kobe Bean Bryant said in, in breakfast the next morning for yeah. shoot around. And he just looked and he was like, oh, we're going to win, don't worry. And yeah. I was like, oh, for sure, for sure, big dog. <laughs> Well, that's good to hear. You know, then you go through Utah, get to Phoenix, win that series in six, moving on to the Celtics, obviously the team that the Lakers had lost to in the 2008 NBA Finals. And everyone was so pumped for that rematch. Like, I didn't think I've ever been that excited for a series. So what was the mood like after game five? You guys, you're on the plane heading back to L.A. What was that mood like when you're down 3-2 in the NBA Finals? Take care of home. I mean, most importantly, the, 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 the biggest game of our life was take care of game six. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I felt that we came out strong. We did what we needed to do, even though it was a hard part game. But we did what we needed to do in order to force a game seven. Mm-hmm. And, and that was what we could ask for. You know what I mean? I know game seven was as ugly as ever. <laughs> but yeah, it really was. <laughs> the, first thing, the first thing that we, we wanted to do was just make sure that we got a game seven. 
Yeah. You gotta you gotta handle game six first before you get to the next one. So nobody was focused on game seven. We were all focused on game six and doing what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, game six or I'm sorry, game seven was you know kind of a back and forth game through the first half. The Celtics built up, you know, I think it was like a 12, 13 point lead in the third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, were you at that point? Are you guys sitting on the bench? Just what's going through your mind when you see that kind of lead, and you know, you see Kobe kind of pressing a little bit, forcing some shots that aren't going down. Like, what was the mood like on the bench during that time? Well, for one, I know, you know, I, I was just telling guys, man, just continue to believe, man. We've been in so many situations, and I think it will be all right. You know what I mean? Um, I, I did keep talking to Kobe. Um, just was like, bro, just, you know, everything going to be all right. You're going to show up when it's time to show up. Just be easy, calm down. Because for him, that game, he was just so amped, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the reason why he was, you know, playing the way that he was playing because he was – he just had so much adrenaline and everything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank, thank God for your supporting cast. So whenever, you know, somebody's struggling, you got people to pick you up. That's why you got to love the game of basketball. And, um, that's been the thing about our team the entire year, you know what I mean, is being able to have guys that can come in and get it done. And that was the metal world piece. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Put his cape on and, and save the day moment, you know. And it's, and it's crazy because they were kind of riding him the whole playoff series from first round, second round, third round. Mm-hmm. You know, with you know, saying that he wasn't consistent or saying this or saying that, and it's crazy because he would just have plays at the right moment. But that was just a huge game, and he just—I mean—he came through big that game, big. Completely, I think I probably woke up my entire block when he hit that three. I've only ever been that so so excited during a Lakers playoff game that when he hit that three, that was just you know unbelievable. And you know, he really did come a big pow. Was huge that game. I mean, he was just a monster. For um, sure. Yeah, so that was – then Sasha with those two free throws, that was – I was just on pins and needles. I can't even imagine what it was like for you guys when, you know, I'm just a fan over oh, – yeah. for, for for everybody. But the exciting part is, is you know how hard everybody has worked for those mm-hmm. moments. So whether it was Kobe, whether it was Fish, whether it was Lamar, whether it was Powell, whether it was, you know, Andrew Bynum, whether – you know, no matter who it was, everybody that came in, Sasha, mm-hmm. uh, uh uh, Shannon, Jordan, like everybody, you know, Lou, everybody that yeah. <laughs> the list goes on, you know what I mean? It's just like everybody had moments and they came in and they did what they were supposed to do. Even if somebody wasn't participating, just the bench, you know, the energy that we got to create, you know, to keep guys going, you know, even if they're down, you know, nobody's uh, a, a superhero. Everybody's going to have moments, you know, we're all human, you know, mm-hmm. everybody gets frustrated. Everybody, you know, can be a little discouraged or whatever. So, you know, it's just a, a total team effort, you know what I mean? And just keeping the faith and just believing. And what better way to do it by just getting some revenge on the team that joined you a couple of years ago? You know, yeah. it just made it so much, so much sweeter. You know, that was such a huge blessing. Um, myself to just be able to be a part of my third finals, but then to win back to back. And I know for, for Kobe and D Fish and a lot of those guys who've been on that Laker team the past few years. Mm-hmm. how big that was for them to be able to just get that that win against that team, you know, especially how much they was talking and, and everything that was going on. So it was just, you know, big. Everybody, you know, can appreciate that moment for so many different reasons. You know what I mean? And for me, for sure. just as a man, just looking at what the game can do and really showing you what trusting and believing can do, 
and what hard work can do and where it can get you. It's just amazing. Yeah, just you, you're talking about what hard work can do. Everyone, you touched on it a little bit ago, describing your work ethic, Kobe's work ethic. Do you have like one single crazy Kobe work ethic story that you could share? Uh, I remember, I remember um, we had just finished the game. Where were we? We were in Chicago and we had to be on like an early flight and um, <laughs> he hit me. I think we were supposed to be downstairs at like three, four o'clock. And I was like exhausted, like, okay, so I, I'm already, like, I'm downstairs, you know, wait, waiting on him, and I'm like laying there half asleep. He gets off the elevator, like, with all the energy in the world. I'm just looking at him like, bro, there's no way we're about to go get this work in. But, you know, it's crazy, like, once you get in the gym, once you start getting going, um, you know, you just you just knock it out, man. And, and you know, I, I've had many times when, you know, I've been in the gym with him and, you know, four or five, six in the morning, getting it in. And, you know, those, everything that you hear is, is true. I mean, he's just a different animal when it comes to, you know, stuff like that, man. And it's just amazing to watch. It was also amazing to be a part of. And, mm-hmm. it, and it taught me a lot, um, not not only as a player, but just as a, as a man. And, and, you know, what you see going into to certain things, man, it was just, a, it was just amazing. Um, I got one last question for you, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, who wins in a best of seven, the 2009 Lakers or the 2010 Lakers? The best of seven is the 2009 and 2010. Oh, my God. <laughs> we talking about a one-player difference? Yeah, basically. Uh, every set our test, uh, so. <laughs> oh, man. You, you know what's crazy? Even with those two years, it was basically a, still only a six-win difference, I believe. We mm-hmm. won, what, 66 and then won 60 following that year, even though it was an ugly 60? Yeah, I think, um, uh, I want to say you guys won, you won 65 in 2009, where'd it go? 57 in 2010, so yeah, difference, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I'll, I'll probably say, here, here's, here's why, though. I'll probably say the 09, mm-hmm. the reason behind the 09 was just, I think guys were a lot more healthier. Because mm-hmm. um, you got to think, that that was three straight years of them going to the finals. And then the second, uh, my second stint with the Lakers, we, like Kobe had the knee swelling thing that was going on, the Oklahoma series. Andrew, yeah. like he got hurt. There was a lot going on. Even the start of that season, Powell was out for a month, two months. Yeah, I think it was some type of hamstring thing, right? Yeah, so it was like a lot going on. Um, so I would say 2009, man, because we were all clicking on a different uh, cylinder then. I think maybe go six games, seven games? Woo! <laughs> I know it's kind of a dumb question. I, I, give, it, I give it. No, it's not. It's a good question. I, I give it a fair six. I think it'll be a Six fair games? Six. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right, Josh. Well, thank you so much for uh, your flexibility in getting this done and coming on with me on the Forgotten Lakers podcast. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, you were one of my favorite Lakers from those two teams. So thank you for everything you did. I for appreciate the- it, man. That's humbling, brother. That's humbling considering all the Lakers on those teams, but I appreciate you. Uh, again, I appreciate it. And uh, good luck in South Korea with everything you got going on with your team over there. And uh, um, we'll be in touch. All right, brother. Sounds good. Thanks, Josh. Yes, sir. Thank you.